2: iXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get iXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com slash audio. Visit iXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. here in my closet, recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry.
0: Hi, Matt. How's quarantine treating you this week?
1: Well, I do feel like now is an appropriate time to celebrate the the small victories. And uh, this will be of no interest probably to anybody else. But uh, I remember saying right when quarantine started, basically my sink stopped working. It were, the water would only come out of the fucking hose part. Right. Oh, it's like an April Fool's prank where you like put a rubber band on the hose, and every time you turn it on, it sprays you. <laughs> that my my hose was like permanently stuck, and my gay solution was to duct tape it to the regular faucet, pointing down words.
0: I see nothing wrong with the solution. Very
1: Bob the Builder of me. And then this week, a month into quarantine, it started working randomly. Wow. So I uh, I literally have reached the stage of quarantine where the water coming out of the right hole in my sink is like the greatest thing that's happened to me this year. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm doing great, how are you?
0: Oh, you know, my hair's been falling out, so I'd say we're both just like the best we've ever been.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) To be
0: fair, I do think it's because of my birth control and not because of quarantine, because it's been happening for months, but it's just more noticeable now. But no one else will know, because we can't leave the apartment.
1: I mean, to be fair, my hair has been falling out for like 10 years now, so.
0: I hope that by the end of quarantine, I look exactly like you.
1: Anyway, <laughs> are we ready for today's episode?
0: I am so ready.
1: Good, because coming up today, obviously, we're going to kick things off with worse things first, where I out about the most ridiculous worst news of the week. And then we're going to dive deep into laundry, because no one's around to witness my filth, or my smell or my stench but apparently i'm still supposed to do laundry like all the time oh 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 Fuck you unless your name is debbie you're not my mom so you can't tell me what to do and speaking of debbie we've got one third of three busy debras on the pod We got comedian, writer, actress, Mitra Jahari as our guest complainer. Mitra's written for TV shows like High Maintenance, Miracle Workers, and Big Mouth, and you can see her new show, Three Busy Debras, on Adult Swim right now, after you listen to this episode. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's smell our shirts to see if they need to be washed or not, and start the show! All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. And on on theme, the first news may have to do with wearing shirts uh, or pants because a judge in Florida, only in Florida, is literally begging attorneys who show up for court hearings via Zoom to get out of bed and put on clothes because apparently attorneys have been showing up to court hearings on video not wearing clothes or not getting out of bed
0: that's i i love this it honestly makes me want to go to law school
1: (laughs) just imagine that you found out you're like a divorce attorney listen let's call up leon and and make sure that uh he's wearing a full outfit every time he gets on zoom But yeah, imagine finding out your like divorce attorney showed up in front of a judge shirtless and had to uh, atone. Yeah, so a Broward Circuit judge, Dennis Bailey, uh, wrote this letter. It was published by the Weston Bar Association. Basically, the judge says, these are hearings. They're not casual phone conversations. It is remarkable how many attorneys appear inappropriately on camera. We've seen many lawyers in casual shirts and blouses with no concern for ill grooming in bedrooms with the master bed in the background etc. One male lawyer appeared shirtless, and one female attorney appeared still in bed, still under the covers. <laughs> and putting on a beach cover-up won't cover up your poolside in a bathing suit. So please, if you don't mind, let's treat court hearings as court hearings, whether Zooming or not.
0: Okay, I don't think this is <laughs> totally fair, because judges get to just wear robes to court every time.
1: That's true, like, come on. sir. Mr. Dennis Bailey, Your Honor, your dick is out under there. <laughs> Don't act like you are so special.
0: Do judges wear clothes under their robes? They must, right?
1: That's how I felt wearing a, a robe to graduation. I was like, why the fuck do I have to wear a shirt and tie under this? I'm in a goddamn robe. I should be in my underwear at least, or at most. Next, the opposite thing happened in Brazil when a leading Brazilian judge uh, turned up on a live stream court hearing and he was shirtless, just fully no shirt on, sipping a drink. Um, The judge, a 57 year old guy, called uh, onto a video call with some other judges who were all working from home uh, and he appeared bare chested on camera as it went live and I guess there was, like, some complaints filed. But he got up, like, almost immediately, walked out of frame, put on a shirt, and came back on. It seems pretty clear he, like, didn't realize that it was going to uh, capture him yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there.
1: There was a a, a Zoom video of, of, like, a 20-person conference call. And uh, it was, like, I guess it went viral on Twitter where uh, a girl didn't realize that she was on on camera and like set the phone or set her computer on her bathroom floor no, no, no. in full view of her like sitting on the oh, toilet. No,
0: no, 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 no. no.
1: <laughs> and it's just like, you see the dawn of, of realization come across everybody's face individually. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she only realizes it when one person was like, Oh, Katie. <laughs> 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 I also assume even when video chat is not scheduled or happening, I assume that my camera is always watching. So I just will never have any phone or computer camera pointed in a compromising space unless I want it there. Oh, I feel like that's just generally a good rule.
0: It's a solid tip.
1: Pro tip. Never take your dick out in front of a camera unless you want it out in front of a camera. And finally, a press regulator in the UK ruled that a woman who claimed to be in a long-term relationship with a 92-year-old German chandelier has been told her attraction to historic light fittings is not considered to be protected sexual orientation. (laughs) Did you get all that? (laughs) Oh,
0: my God. Break it down for me, baby.
1: (laughs) Okay, so here's what happened. Uh, This woman from Leeds in the UK, she's in her mid-30s. Her name is Amanda Liberty. I heard on another podcast where I heard this story that her name is Amanda Liberty because she previously uh, claimed to be in a relationship with the Statue of Liberty.
0: Okay, fantastic. (laughs) Love this orientation.
1: But anyway... She complained about uh, an article in The Sun, which is uh, a British publication that mocked her public declaration of love for Lumiere. Her name for an intricate lamp that she bought on eBay. She claimed to be objectum sexual, an individual who is attracted to objects. So Amanda Liberty is in a long term loving relationship with a German chandelier named Lumiere. And is complaining that this publication is mocking her relationship and her orientation. And then uh, there are regulators in the UK who kind of determine whether or not, like... I don't think it's, like, an actual legal court. I think it's just, like, the people who are chosen to regulate, like, the press.
0: I don't know how England works.
1: I don't know. They have a lot of weird media laws. But basically, they were like, um... We totally respect the fact that you are in um, a loving relationship with a lamp, um, but it's not a protected orientation. <laughs> you are fully welcome to be in uh, in a relationship with this lamp. And they, they like laid out all of these like very technical reasons. They were like, you know, your relationship might be real, but it's still not legal for you to marry a lamp so we can't recognize this is why marriage rights are important because they were like <laughs> you can't marry your lamp therefore we have every right to mock it also they were like you have been very open in the media about your relationship with this lamp so like you opened the door it wasn't like you were trying to keep it private.
0: Do you feel like Man was like a really important movie for her growing up?
1: I love lamp <laughs>
0: I love lamp. She loved lamp.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Also, I feel like quarantine is like absolutely a time where, what is it?
1: Hold on. Objectum sexual. It's sexuals. absolutely a
0: time where objectum sexual folks to just be thriving. I feel like it's creating a lot of tension probably in her relationship. Like, yeah, she's starting to like have an affair with
1: a spoon. Beauty and the beast is any Testament. There are a number of inanimate ab- objects that I would happily fuck and be in a married relationship or in loving relationships (laughs) with um and yeah i at this point we've all been in isolation long enough where lamps are looking real good right now (laughs) okay i'm not saying i've done anything but i see there's a lamp looking at me right now and it's he's giving me the eye i'll keep it together for the rest of this recording but who's to say what happens when when (sighs) he's warmed up and the mic is off On that note, (laughs) that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into our dirty hampers. Deep Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep deep We're well past the one month mark for time that most of us have spent indoors. And I have never felt like more than like a straight up rodent right now in my life. That video of the groundhog eating pizza. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's video of a groundhog eating pizza while staring blankly into the eyes of two dogs looking at it from the other side of a window. That has never felt more viscerally me. Because when I'm not chomping on carbs and staring dumbly into the abyss, I'm just going through the loops of household chores. Spending this much time inside really makes me realize, damn, we really do just got to do the same shit over and over again, every single day, forever. Like a fucking groundhog. And besides doing dishes and dusting and cleaning, the one chore that I hate the most is laundry. Because it literally never ends. The global economy can come to a crashing halt. But somehow, I still have a pile full of dirty panties at the end of the week. (laughs) So that's what we're bitching about today. This is why laundry is the worst. And yes, I do realize people used to, like, fucking bring a giant cheese grater and a bucket to the river. And that's how they wash their shit. And I have a washer and dryer literally in the next room. Whatever. My complaints... Still matter. First! What in the fresh fuck is laundry soap even made out of? Why And why is that demon snuggle bear always trying to squirt it all over me? I don't need some haunted stuffed animal trying to blow his laundry lotion all over my clothes. I just hate the, like, fluorescent tampon commercial blue liquid that all like laundry detergents emulate
0: yeah that's not right also i feel like all of those just like give me hives which is confusing
1: I, also it's weird that they have them where they're like this is laundry scented what does that even mean it's like a <laughs> snake eating itself where did the scent come from in the first place it's truly upsetting i also don't like that every cvs and like walgreens or Dwayne raid in the vicinity of my apartment has locked up all of the laundry soap behind a key and like a little window i guess because people steal them a bunch yeah i just hate having to ask an employee like hey hey can you um unlock the cage and give me the teddy bear lotion um And I did that once and the guy like went on this full monologue about like, yeah, we had to lock these up because I was on the train the other day and I saw this guy uh, and he was selling all of our bottles of laundry detergent for five bucks (laughs) because people steal them and then resell them on the train. And I was like, great.
0: It's called capitalism.
1: Yeah. Also, I will be buying them from the train now.
0: Way more convenient on your commute.
1: But yeah, it's just like so much, so much effort just to buy laundry soap in a in a jug form.
0: We want to hear something that's going to upset you. Okay. I use I use powdered laundry detergent now. What? <laughs> I knew you were going to hate what? that. What?
1: I have never <laughs> even heard of that. It's because
0: we go to a store where you can do like bulk buying. And uh-huh. so you can you can do bulk buying of that. But the issue with that is then when you put it in the machine, it like clouds up and then sometimes you accidentally breathe it in. And that cannot be good for me.
1: Yeah, I just anything in powder form that I bring into my apartment, I'm like, I'm definitely inhaling this like protein powder <laughs> or, or whatever. It can't it can't be good next Also, oh, why does every item of clothing come with such detailed instruction manuals in tag form that i have to fucking read like i'm supposed to treat each item like its own precious
0: also all of those directions have little symbols on it that i'm just supposed to understand what language is that in <laughs> we don't use hieroglyphics anymore
1: yeah there's like a, a, a G- egyptian pictographs on <laughs> every fucking tag of pants yeah there's no no part of my 27 years of schooling ever taught me what the tags meant on pants that was what i should have learned first thing elementary school they were abcs come second first teach me what a fuck a like square box with a dark circle in it and an x through it means. <laughs> Which brings me really to my next point, which is why the fuck are there so many washing machine settings? It's (laughs) hot, cold, warm, delicates, pots and pans. It's like, what the fuck am I supposed to? How am I supposed to know what the difference between all of these are or whether I'm even supposed to use hot or cold water on things? I, I choose it at random. There is no rhyme or reason to whenever I hit hot or cold. What is permanent press? I have no idea what Perona Press is. All I need to know is what setting will get marinara sauce out of Calvin Klein underwear. <laughs> Next! I also hate that it takes 30 minutes for clothes to wash, but like 90 minutes for them to dry. So I if I start a second load while the first one is in the dryer, then the first one finishes and I just got to leave it in there. Like a pile of hot clothes soup and it gets all gross and smelly and and mildewy.
0: Back when I was living in my ground floor apartment, we would put up a drying rack, but there's no sunlight in that apartment. So things just would never dry. (laughs) But now we have sunlight and we put the drying rack right in front of the window and the sun was shining through and things dried up pretty nicely. This is after they all went in the dryer, by the way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> because the dryer didn't work well enough
0: yeah absolutely we go to a laundromat they never work
1: my dryer works but i yeah it's just frustrating to like have to wait so long for them to dry they should dry quicker also folding it's like uh, oh now it's not enough that you're clean now I got to arrange you in the most organized fashion so you fit into drawers better First of all, bold of you to assume you're not just going to stay in a laundry basket forever so I can fish around while I'm getting ready in just a pile to find matching socks. The amount of time that I spend like fishing around in a pile that I absolutely refuse to fold just for a pair of matching socks. The amount of time that I spend doing that, I could absolutely fold like seven loads of laundry. (laughs) But I refuse. (laughs) Out of principle, I refuse to fold.
0: I have gotten into serious, serious arguments with both my boyfriend and a couple of friends. My mom is very much on my side because obviously she taught me this. But I have so many friends who don't fold their underwear. But that I, I just, I fold them. I don't understand why you wouldn't. For me, it's mostly just like, I, like when I go into my underwear drawer, like sometimes that kind of underwear isn't necessarily going to work with the pants that I'm wearing. And it's so much easier to see everything if they're all nicely folded.
1: Yeah, Uh, I can imagine that being a um, like not folding your underwear being a thing. If all you have is like very lightweight, like lacy underwear that you can just like throw into a drawer and, and rifle through. But I like, yeah, I have various degrees of underwear that I like to kind of go through and see.
0: And I did try it this time. I did laundry this week and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see what all, what all the ruckus is about. And I tried it out and my underwear doesn't all fit in the drawer if I don't fold it. So it's just a waste of space. So everyone who's been telling me otherwise, aka Alex and my friend Gabrielle, you guys can go fuck yourselves, okay?
1: <laughs> Take your
0: underwear in your drawers. You drown in them.
1: Battle lines have been drawn. I love
0: you both so much
1: next moving on from clothes washing sheets is like an entire day's worth of labor i i know i'm a man and my opinion on this is negligible but i do firmly believe that uh washing sheets is uh, more difficult than giving birth
0: fair totally fair factual statement
1: i feel like it's factual just taking the sheets off of the bed is a full body workout and then then you have to wash them and dry them and then wrangle them back onto the fucking bed also in the dryer this happens to me so much they all get tangled up and then they don't dry evenly so like uh, all of the sheets will somehow get caught up in one fucking pillowcase and then they're all just (laughs) like a sopping wet mess even though they've been in there for like two hours
0: there's also something really disheartening about seeing a naked mattress.
1: Yeah, I do not like that at all. I, <laughs> Especially when like one like section of it is a different color because of where you <laughs> Why sleep. Is
0: Why is it like that?
1: Uh next! How often do you wash? Do you like use a bath towel more than once?
0: Yes. <laughs> what? Yes, I use a bath towel more than once. Oh my god, the waist.
1: I I mean so do I I let me be clear growing up we didn't we had like so many towels in our house And everybody would use like one bath towel a day. And then, yeah, my mom at the end of the week would be like, why is there so many towels? And it's like, well, because four of us fucking wash every day. (laughs) And then I went to college and I was like, okay, I need one bath towel per semester. (laughs) We'll do one thing. And now I have a happy medium, which is I have many towels that I go through, but I try to use each bath towel a few times before I put it in the laundry.
0: Yeah. I definitely go by like a smell test. <laughs> okay,
1: Sure. Sure. Next. What the fuck is pre-rinsing? There are all these steps that I know like colonial people are, or like did and passed down. And by that, I mean like my mom. I don't know what rituals I'm supposed to do on my clothes before I put them in the wash, but I definitely don't do anything except put them in the, in the fucking wash and pour soap in to the, the cup. And then close it and turn it on.
0: Yeah. I don't understand any of of the (sighs) pre-rinsing.
1: Yeah, there's pre-rinsing. I know if there's like a stain on something, you're supposed to like spot treat the stain before you put it in. But I don't know what any of that means. It's just Mm -mm. like throw it all into the bucket and hope for the best.
0: Yeah. and, And like when you spill on yourself, you just you take the piece of clothing off and then you lick whatever remnants of stain it is. And then you put it in the wash.
1: Yeah. Just lick it off and that's it.
0: It is upsetting. I, <laughs> Alex, the other day when we did laundry, he was like, hey, um, I don't know if you should be washing all your sweatshirts this frequently. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I haven't washed my sweatshirts in a long time. I just washed all of them this round. And then he was like, I mean, I know that you spill on them a lot. And I was like, "Okay, (laughs) fuck you. And then that night I put on my white sweatshirt and then we ate a little bit of just regular old chocolate. And then I looked down at my sleeve and there was chocolate everywhere, all over, like more than I ate. And I don't understand how I do it.
1: Yeah, chocolate is like the silent killer (laughs) because you it you drop one speck of it and it looks like a fucking murder scene. It's it's kind of alarming.
0: It is. But I have just decided, like, am I going to try and prevent that stain from spreading or like scrub it out? Absolutely not. That is now simply my disgusting sweatshirt that I will continue to wear until it doesn't even look white anymore.
1: Absolutely. I fully support you. Thank you. Which really brings me to my final point, and that is how many times can you wear a thing before you actually have to wash it? I think people are playing kind of fast and loose with this rule in um, in quarantine, especially with underwear. You get one day's 24 hours worth of of wear out of underwear after that you have crossed into disgusting territory just because you're sitting in the same place for 24 hours doesn't mean that your fucking grundle is not emitting juices into your underwear that is the that is the initial trap of your body in in capturing the juices that come out of you You need to take off your fucking underwear and put it into the laundry and then put on a new fresh pair every single day. I don't fucking care what else is happening in the world. You're (laughs) disgusting. (laughs) <laughs> Even though, yes, it is fucked up that we have to keep doing laundry all the fucking time. It never ends. It is ceaseless. This is the loop of life, and I hate it. And I don't want to wash my underwear that often, but we have to. And that's why I have like 300 pairs of underwear because uh, for a long time, I would just not wash them. I would just keep buying new pairs of underwear, and oh that my God. is allowed. <laughs> um anyway on that note i'm just sick of doing laundry i think the the best solution in quarantine is to just wear as little as possible because what you're wearing still needs to be washed but not if you don't wear it life hack and that's why i have decided that i'm just gonna have to throw my couch away at the end of all this (laughs) because i do i'm like my couch has fully seen too much during this whole mess (laughs) and uh, I'm just gonna have to throw it away. So anyway, on that note, that is it for this week's Deep Dive. We've got Mitra Jahari on the pod right after this commercial break.
3: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt.
1: Well, my guest complainer today is comedian, writer, actor, Mitra Jahari. Mitra's written for High Maintenance, Big Mouth, Miracle Workers, The President Show, and now she's starring in Three Busy Debras on Adult Swim. Welcome, Mitra. Thank you. (laughs) Via quarantine, via Zoom, we're making it work. I do want to know, I absolutely love your microphone, like karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) We're... The grip is perfect. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> you're very much in in the mode.
3: I, I host a podcast with Joel Kim Booster, and we each got sent mics because neither uh-huh. of us own that. And I mean, he, he got like a very official looking mic that has like the shield around it and stuff. And I got the karaoke mic, which I really, <laughs> <laughs> which I actually think is perfect. And they gave me what. I needed to get through the experience of doing it from home. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like it is It is about the, the spirit of it. And uh, yeah. yeah, there's a few things that I think capture quarantine better than like being trapped in a karaoke video. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> We're cycling through like absurd scenes. And uh, yeah, eventually we might make it out or not. We'll see. Or
3: not. We'll see. <laughs>
1: Well, before we we talk about uh, all the things, we like to start by saying, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves?
3: Okay, so this is topical, but also not. Um, but what I really have been hating in this time is um, relaxation culture. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> no relaxing ever.
3: Well, it's like, I feel like I keep seeing things that are like, go like use your face mask take that bath like you've earned it like it, everybody it, it's time to chill and and like the, the culture of relaxation particularly during quarantine is unfathomable to me and like everything <laughs> to me has an undercurrent no matter what like no matter what I do even outside of quarantine everything that I do has this undercurrent of like right but like I should be working because one day I will die and I've never <laughs> felt that more than in quarantine and taking uh-huh. a bath feels useless.
1: So, you're saying you've uh, not accepted the earning of relaxation yet, and that you feel compelled to be productive?
3: I'm not even really productive, but it's just like I think it's more the idea that someone could achieve peace in this time
1: is (laughs) very
3: unrelatable. Like when I when I see people with their like beautiful setups and like the gorgeous baths they're taking, like that seems exhausting to me, too. (laughs) Like I'm full blown like mug of wine in the shower right now, which is the closest I can get. But like it seems exhausting to make make a beautiful dinner, too. Like that like that, that doesn't seem chill to me either.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, so you live in L.A. right? I do. I'm just a- anybody with more than like one room and <laughs> <laughs> like more than one window. I'm like you are royalty right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how How long have you lived in L.A.?
3: I've been in L.A. for a little over a year now.
1: Okay. Yeah, because you, so you moved out there for three busy Debras, is that right?
3: I originally moved out here to start writing for Big Mouth. I'd been going back and forth between New York and LA a lot and eventually was just spending more time of the year working in LA than I was living in New York not working. So mm-hmm. it just made sense. I, I wasn't like super psyched to move to LA, but it just felt like the thing to kind of do. But,
2: it's right, been right. fine.
3: <laughs> the, the nice thing is like right when I felt like I was starting to really get my groove of living in L.A., um, COVID came. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, like, I guess like the moral of the story for me was like, don't ever get comfortable <laughs> in anything. <laughs> <'cause> yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel that so hard. There's so many people I know, too, who are like, I feel like I was like getting like I was so excited for like this summer and this month. And it was like, nope. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like I feel
3: like the vibe among like me and my friend group was so like, you know what? January was trash. February, we're getting better. And like, let's go, March. And and
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Now March is done. And uh, yeah, we're all we're all done.
3: We're all done <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, we are done along with 2020 i'm I'm just like I'm like, you know what 2020 is uh is she's she's had her her moment and' we're, we're finished
3: she's really she has really had her moment no year has made a no year has made a bigger splash than 2020 so congratulations <laughs> to 2020 <laughs>
1: Uh, how long did you live in New York? I was in New
3: York for, uh, four years. I I'd been going back and forth between New York and Ohio where I'm from. I was like doing mm-hmm. internships in college there and then eventually dropped out of school and just went. Um, so I moved to New York beginning of 2015 officially. Got
1: it. Cause I'm I'm also from the Midwest. I'm from outside of Chicago, so uh, it was it was that Midwestern to New York transition of yes, um, feeling like you are the like nice gentle person uh, amidst the like sea of New Yorkers who are the opposite.
3: Yes, I mean I th- I think it's been uh, such a virtue to be thought like. It, it's a virtue and a curse to be thought of at night as nice because it's it's a lot of pressure to stay nice when in a right. in a culture where not everyone is not everyone is nice. But <laughs> I do, I it it's overall I'm I'm very happy to be from a place where people uh, are nice to a fault.
1: <laughs> yeah, tell me about like the origin of three busy Debras for people who, who don't know.
3: Uh, yeah, we so we met. Shortly after I moved to New York in 2015... Uh,
1: Who are the three of you?
3: Yes, yeah, so I'm Mitra Jahari, and the uh, <laughs> other two Debras are named Sandy Honig and Alyssa Stonaha. Um, Mm -hmm. so the three of us met up and the first night that we met, we did an improv show because we were very heavy in the improv scene at that time. And, uh, we improvised a scene where every character was very busy and named Deborah. Obviously it was just an improv show. So we sort of went away from that. A few months later, we're trying to write a short play. And we were trying to write a completely different idea, but we just kept coming back to that silly little thing where, that we did where, like, every character was busy and named Deborah. So <laughs> it became a short play, and then it became a longer play, and then it became an hour-long play that ran for several months at the Annoyance Theater in New York, which is now closed. But that led to us writing a pilot, and then we did a show at Carnegie Hall that was a completely different play. Then that got Amy Poehler's attention, so we met with her, developed a new pilot, pitched that pilot, and then a million years later, now it's out on TV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the the like premise is.
3: It's three women who are very busy, and they're all named Deborah. Uh, they're all <laughs> suburban housewives who all live in uh, the affluent suburb of Lemon Curd, and each episode mm-hmm. is just kind of them doing activities. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, so one week, you know, they join a club. One week, they have a sleepover. Uh, it's very silly, dark, fun, cartoony.
1: Yeah, I love it. And as someone whose whose mother is named Deborah, along oh my with God. Every, everybody else who is basically from the Midwest, uh, <laughs> it's very very common name.
3: Traumatizing,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's it's such a mom name.
3: It is, and it's like it's very fun. Like you know, they're they're such heightened characters, but we do have a lot of people, friends, and you know, people who watch the show just saying like. They, that they have a Deborah in their lives. Um, obviously, they're not doing the things that these women are doing, but I think there are certainly kernels, at least for us, there are kernels of women that we know that are informing the characters that we're writing. So it like makes sense, but it's very funny to have people be like, yeah, like my mom's like this. It's like, <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> um, so you write on on Big Mouth, mm-hmm. right? Which is a completely kind of a different form of... of comedy writing for an animated show. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, I mean Big Mouth is such uh, a a ridiculous show about a ridiculous time in people's lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like Initially, it was like very deeply uncomfortable for me to watch Big Mouth because it was like I it's like it's too it's too real. It's too triggering for my uh, (laughs) my adolescence.
3: Yeah. I mean, it just like it goes there in a way that I can definitely understand why it can be off putting to somebody. But also it's a show that like if I had had this show when I was 13, I it would have normalized so many things for me that I thought made me uniquely disgusting. Um, Yeah, like female masturbation and like just like the way that people handle their periods like there's just so much reflected about like teenage girls and girls sexuality that I think I personally did not know anything about when I was in junior high and high school and would have been so grateful to have seen and I think, you know, as as disgusting and stupid and silly as it is, I think there (laughs) is like. What I do really value about the creators of the show is they take this stuff really seriously. And it's like, what's the mm-hmm. most responsible way to do the most disgusting thing possible? Which I love. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How much of uh, the the show is, like, the writer's kind of personal experiences? So, like, how much are you able to bring, like, okay, this super awkward thing happened to me. A lot. We should put this
3: <laughs> in. <laughs> um, it's really cool because it's, like, there's some stuff that is, like, so close to me that, like, I wouldn't want to... Bring it to like a personal project because it would be right. so instantly recognizable to the people that I'm talking about. <laughs> but when it's like a cartoon character saying, like, a really insane thing that someone said to me or a really horrible thing that I did it's like well that's the character and I'm I'm merely one of many writers on a show so who knows this could have been anyone (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: that is that is definitely the advantage of something like fully scripted like that or or like a characterized rather than like a stand-up thing where you're like you know. Yeah.
3: I mean, I I feel <laughs> it's you totally. And it's like, you know, for people who are in my very close circle, they will recognize what's going on, but right. no one else has to. And I, I have a really hard time talking. It's why I probably will never be like a successful stand up is that like I really don't like talking about things about myself that are true that involve other people because I really want to mm. I don't it's like my decision to go on stage. It's not like my brother's decision to go on stage or my dad. Like I, right. that's just my own personal opinion. I, I still like love watching stand up and love seeing people talk about their own intimate stuff. It's just like what I struggle with personally and kind of my line right now. Um, yeah. so having an outlet like big mouth or like high maintenance or whatever to, to, Share true stories through a filter that is is somewhat anonymous is really
1: helpful. Right, right. No, I mean that is that is respectable. <laughs> I uh, I was like, you know what? My family made fun of me. Now they're they're getting put in into a, a bit.
3: Well, mine is <laughs> just they like, like it or not. Mine's just like three layers deep of like like it's they're doing cartwheels or whatever. Like like, like it's 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 crazy <laughs> kooky cartoon characters. My trauma. Like if you like, if you peel back one layer, it's like like all pain but
1: <laughs> right right <laughs> uh I guess I didn't I didn't this is a complete another complete uh transition uh but going back we didn't really talk about like how how is your quarantine actually going It's. <laughs> I, I feel like i have so n- normalized <laughs> the like okay we're all in this like complete abnormal world um, totally
3: I mean even when like the email about like like stuff to rant about where it's like, like my world is so small right now where it's like the, right. the big rant is like my, my life, like <laughs> my <laughs> life Everything. is my problem. Like the the world <laughs> is my problem. So then it's like, <laughs> but, but, but like finding a funny way to talk about that is so hard, but yeah. overall it is okay. I mean, I think it's hard for the same reasons it's hard for everyone. And that like, I, I'm not with my family. I wish I was with my family. um, But I'm very lucky to be working during the week. Like, I think I would be in a much darker place emotionally. I mean, if my relaxation rant didn't tip anybody off, like (laughs) I I really need to stay busy um, (laughs) to to stay balanced. So I'm lucky to have that. But. It's, it's getting a little easier with time, but it's certainly just like the fatigue of doing nothing all day is so strange. That's the weirdest thing is like waking up and then like two minutes later, I'm going to bed. Right. Do you feel that? Like... <laughs>
1: I feel that so hard. Yeah. I'm like, what is the point of me even making my bed in the morning? I, yeah. I, it should make me feel better. Like, okay, I'm getting up. I'm starting the day, but I'm peeling back the covers like seconds later. <laughs>
3: yes. Every activity that I do feels like superhuman to, to do anything. Right. Like it took me half an hour this morning to be like, get up make a cup of coffee. Like it was like begging myself (laughs) to get out of bed because I was just like, what's the fucking point? Everything I do is going to be in my room. Why would I get out of bed? I could just stay here all day. Like, (laughs) and I like, I could, and I will probably right. <laughs>
1: but, that is, yeah. My my energy levels are so outrageously low yeah. that the simplest of tasks is like I can't. Like knocks I can't me out do it.
3: completely. I slept like twelve hours last night. I didn't do fucking anything yesterday. I have no idea. <laughs> like, but I was so exhausted when I went to bed. I woke up this morning. I was like, I can't believe it's morning already. Like, I barely slept. I'd slept for twelve hours. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> what am I doing?
1: Yeah. Uh, no. I totally. I totally. I totally feel the same way. It does feel like there are a lot of f- funny people who are putting out some funny stuff. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is like, it is amazing to me that anybody is capable of like feeling funny in this moment. Oh my God.
2: Um,
3: same. I mean, yeah. I, I've i never seen Sex in the City before, so I've been watching it for the first right. time, which has been <laughs> awesome. Um, that has uh-huh. been... Because it's like... It, uh, that and like Housewives right now, because I'm like it doesn't, none of it feels real to me at all. Like none of like, it all feels like a different universe and right. But it's also like, I don't feel bad if I like I'm texting the whole time or like, or I'm not paying or I'm not paying like anything where it like doesn't ask Like I'm not watching anything good. I'm not, I'm not like reading books. I'm not doing anything. I'm not making anything. I just like, don't have that (laughs) in me right now.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you know what? Watching Sex and the City—that's an accomplishment. Thank you. That takes a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> you you need a lot of more emotional fortitude to get through that show. But to to yeah. watch
3: something that like requires something of you in this time it is like so <laughs> astonishing to
1: me. <laughs> that is one of those things. I mean, I find that something that like right I don't really have to use my brain besides just like focusing it on something yeah you know it's it's like okay I if anything it like forces me to watch. So that I can't be distracted by, like, scrolling through Twitter and realizing how shitty everything else is? Okay,
3: I I get that. That makes sense to me.
1: Barry very much wants to know what character you you see yourself most as. Yes,
3: I really uh, identify with Miranda. I think that's, like... That's it for me. I just a career obsessed person who's like trying to trying to date but like mostly just like driven and like she always seems to really show up for for Carrie which I Like
1: Yeah. So we're going to move into like, we call it a game. It's mostly like, let's just chat about some some stuff that you have said that you've hated. One was a tweet that you said that said, if a bird ever touched me, I would cry. (laughs) Oh my God.
3: (laughs) I did not know that that was going to (laughs) be actually very excited to talk about this. Did not know we'd be talking about this. I love that. I
1: I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> is this was there a specific moment that inspired this or have you had a long-found um <laughs> a longstanding <laughs> d- disagreement with Bruce? I,
3: it sometimes like to to like share something like that is true and is so deranged online, but like never to expect to like discuss it is so funny. And okay, so I like I am like actually just very scared of birds. <laughs> like, um all birds, they really freak me out, they creep me out. And I I've never seen the movie Birds, like, but it is like a very irrational fear. Like I have this recurring fear like anytime i see a bird flying near me i'm convinced that it's going to fly directly into my face and its beak will pierce my cheek like that's <laughs> that's what i see oh my God. when i see a bird flying near me um, <laughs> uh-huh. um so like every time a bird is near me i will flinch i will like hide but it's like so like there's been so many times that i'm like out for a walk with my boyfriend and a bird flies and i like squeal and hide behind him it's <laughs> so f- lame um but but, yeah, I, I think they're really creepy. <laughs> I don't like them. I don't want to be touched by one.
1: <laughs> I feel like birds are, are actually a, a pretty common theme um, um, amongst guests on Unhappy Hour. They, they come up more often than you think. Really? Uh, because they are. They're like creepy dinosaurs. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they're, they're scary. Wow. I feel... I've had a lot of run-ins. That's
3: amazing. I feel very, like, I I, I didn't know I had a community and that's really nice. There
1: is a community. Yeah. <laughs> okay, a couple of other ones that you sent prior. One is white underwear? <laughs>
3: yeah. Um so this is like you know, and I and I and this one I believe I have a community on which is just like <laughs> as someone who like ruins every pair of underwear every single time I have a period, the idea of white underwear is so funny and disgusting to me. Like I just think that like every Pair of underwear should be very dark and very absorbent. It's crazy enough that like we would be asked to wear white clothes at all, anyway. Mm. Um, as a big spiller, it's just not a part of my aesthetic. And but for the for the for the internal spills we cannot control, uh, we should not have to worry about maintaining the the cleanliness of our white underwear. <laughs>
1: right, right, yeah. I I do. There was a moment during uh, what you just said where I was like, oh right, periods. <laughs> It was like, oh, she's really, she's really ruining her underwear. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm truly ruining my underwear.
1: So I, I recently had this. Let me explain the origin of this question. I had a realization that like, I don't know why I don't just have good underwear. Mm. I like, I have good underwear and then I have the like shitty underwear that I'll like put on if I know I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. But I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Why wouldn't I just have all good underwear?
3: I, I'm kind of the opposite where I'm like all of my underwear is pretty utilitarian. Like I have like had the same underwear forever. And then at a certain point I was like, it's so bleak how many pairs of my underwear have holes. So I like replaced all my underwear and got like the exact same style of underwear. But, Uh but I kept a few horrible pairs because it's just like, when when i'm on like a real monster of a period i'm like well let's just wear <laughs> let's just wear the like crime scene blue electric right. blue american apparel briefs that like i'm not going to wear any other time so i don't have to feel bad about this it's also just less comfortable like i want to i want to yeah. wear huge soft underwear every day of my life
1: <laughs> <laughs> for women i guess it might be like the the like Underwear that has culturally been, like, set aside as this is the nice, fancy underwear seems like it would be less comfortable. Yeah, you really have and to, like,
3: spend money to get a good, like, like a soft mesh or, like, a soft lace or something. Because otherwise it's, like, just, like, scratchy and, like gets holes in it. Like uh, I just don't have to feel like I have to like maintain my underwear. Like when when I'm like pulling up after I pee and I like poke a hole in the lace, it's like, ugh, like it's uh, (laughs) who who cares? It should it just like why would why am I preserving my disgusting filthy underwear? Like I should be able to destroy it and not feel bad.
1: (laughs) And the other the other topic that we sort of touched on was um, people who are surprised when old shows don't hold up.
3: yeah i mean i feel like every day on twitter i see somebody being like watched an episode of this movie from the 60s like this actor is so fucked up for saying like whatever and it's like <laughs> right but like did you think that like it was gonna like hold up all the ideals of like the that, that you have now in 2020 like like just the the right. shock and awe of that kind of stuff like specifically i'm feeling it with sex in the city where it's like articles being like 30 times when Samantha was not so PC and it's like, right. But like, we knew, we knew this, like we, we knew this and like (laughs) to to like feel anything other than like, Oh yeah, that that's bad. And then like (laughs) just like, hopefully like things will continue to get better. But in the meantime, it's like, you thought like uh, I'm always just like how did you think that it was gonna like it's like people being like surprised when a politician has done something bad or has lied it's like right but like you knew like you knew they were you (laughs) knew that they were bad
1: (laughs) yeah sex in the city is definitely a big one friends people are constantly surprised by. Yeah.
3: It's like, Oh, the all white cast. Like (laughs) you thought you thought you were going to watch that show and like they were going to be like not homophobic or racist on that show at all. Like the all straight, all white cast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think there are shows that do upset me. Like Thirty Rock is is one of my favorite shows, and even that uh, is like from not that long ago. Where I'm like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> some of these, some of these jokes are not really
3: Co- completely. It's like I, I'm certainly not like cancel PC culture. I think I'm more just like. I think we've like hit the threshold of articles that can be written about shows that aired 20 minutes ago saying the wrong things. Like right. it's more like maybe a criticism of like think piece culture or something. It's just like yeah, yeah we know.
1: <laughs> we know. <laughs> we, get <it>. we know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, uh, on underwear and uh, <laughs> think peace culture, and of course birds.
3: Um, Let's not forget birds.
1: Right, right, right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, before I, I send you off with those thoughts, um, <laughs> where where can people find you and your work?
3: um You can watch Three Busy Debras on Adult Swim every Sunday at midnight or. Uh, The first episode is online on Adultswim.com for the next little while. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tweetra Johari. So Tweet R-A-J-O-U-H-A-R-I. So that's
1: the best place. Amazing. Well, thank you for taking time out of of quarantine. Uh, You're very busy quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, we'll see you soon. Great. Thank you. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching?
0: So I have been watching Mitra Jahari's show, Three Busy Debras, on Adult Swim, and I love it. It's so bizarre and just otherworldly in some ways. I just, I just am really enjoying it. So that's been really fun. And then I know that I've mentioned it before, but we're now almost at the end of season two of Justified, and I really love this show. There are definitely some problems. It barely passes the Bechdel test, like barely. But uh, Timothy Oliphant, it's just God. He's so he's so hot, and and he's he's just like he's just a good cowboy marshal, uh, and and it's just really fun. And the characters are super great. So those are the two things that I'm watching right now.
1: Uh, I do love Timothy Oliphant,
0: dude. You should try it out. It's like. It's violent, but not that violent. It's like <laughs> dramatic, but not that dramatic. Like, I don't know, it's just really nice for right now. It's like I'm really into all the characters. And it's just like a tall glass of water that just is like feels cooling and fun. It's fun. It's a fun show to watch. Uh so so I'm I'm into it. I'd recommend watching it right now. Good. The first the first season's uh slow and more procedural, and then it becomes more like overarching storylines throughout the actual seasons
1: nice yeah what about you i have um four shows oh my god (laughs) bring it (laughs) well i've been watching i I mean tv is the only thing that exists right now so (laughs) i feel like i should say so i i I mentioned that i was watching westworld on past the past couple of episodes i Uh finally caught up and i i only want to say this just because i've mentioned it the past two episodes but I do I normally don't like to say like I hate this television show <laughs> cuz I don't want to like waste my time like complaining about a show when there are so many other shows to watch but I watched the first two seasons and they're so good in this third current season is like unwatchable i don't know what the (laughs) fuck is happening it is so confusing it's almost an entirely different show just with the same people am i gonna keep watching it yes because i have no other self-control but it's just like what is fucking happening um so if you are as confused as i am by the current season of westworld i see you and i i i feel you (laughs) I've also, I, I don't even know if I mentioned when it started that I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race. The current season is back. Um, and it's nice to have like a weekly show to kind of look forward to. It's totally. on Friday nights, So it's kind of fun to like have a, a Friday night activity when staying inside is the only option. Even though this season has been especially weird um, because the the day before the season premiered, uh, there was a story that one of the queens had assaulted or like harassed um, young men on on the internet, like pretending oh, right. to be a casting director and like getting them to do stuff on camera. It was like crazy. And um, they had to at the last minute after they'd shot and edited everything, like kind of attempt to played down this person who clearly performed very well in the season. It was like so weird. Anyway. Yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race, it's like the most self-contained universe of a show that you, it's like you have to watch all of it from the beginning to get half of the references that they make (laughs) by the current season. So it's so, anyway, I love it. The main show that I've really been watching is The Good Wife. I've watched all of it before, uh, but I'm starting from the beginning uh, and it's, (laughs) yeah mostly I'm like, okay, I'm a lawyer now. uh I know all of the law because I watch everything uh everything that Alicia Florrick says. Juliana Margulies is truly the best showbiz name what a what a delightful name to say.
0: <laughs> it's a good one.
1: but the the real chaser of a show, and I cannot believe we did not say this until now is the series finale of Shit's Creed. Oh my gosh, of course. Shits Creek uh, tragically uh, finished its series uh, yeah. and it had the series finale. And they also had um, like a making of Shits Creek kind of like documentary following them during the last season uh, that aired right after the series finale. And I like fully sobbed through that <laughs> entire, entire thing. I feel like the series finale was like. It was nice and like heartwarming and but yeah. like watching the, that documentary that went along with it and like actually thinking about how impactful that show actually is for how kind of small it was to begin with.
0: Yeah, it really like I I remember seeing Subway ads for it and like not knowing what it was and then yeah. it became just like everyone's favorite thing in the world, like parents, kids, like everyone.
1: Right. Yeah, there's there's one scene in in the documentary that I also saw people sharing on Twitter where they read a letter from some like local teachers, I think, um, just like thanking the cast for setting um, an example of like a world without homophobia or like discrimination Um, and it was like such a, a a beautiful letter, but also like seeing them react to this letter in real time. I was like, truly undone.
0: (laughs) I need to watch it. I haven't watched it yet.
1: Uh, it was so good. Anyway. So those are all of the things that I'm watching. Uh, what is your non TV chaser?
0: My non TV chaser. I have three. (laughs) I'll keep them brief. One is uh, Joe Firestone. I think I've mentioned this, but I don't remember. She has a new podcast called Everyday Decisions where she just interviews people about the last 24 hours of their life. And it started right before quarantine, but then obviously it became a very different kind of show because it's still about the past 24 hours. But, it, you know, people's 24 hours are very different now than they were a month ago. But And it's, it's really fun and sweet and charming and everything that we love about Joe Firestone. But specifically the episode where she interviews her grandparents who are in their 90s. It is the most heartwarming 27, 29 minutes that you can experience for your week. I can't recommend it enough. It is just so sweet and fun and funny. And it just like... Uh, I just I loved it. I listened to it while walking Putty yesterday and like giggled and like several times in my head just went, oh, this is <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I I really recommend listening to at least that one episode of Everyday Decisions. It's a podcast. It's Joe Firestone. We love her. Um, So there's that one. Also, today, the day that we're recording, so it will have been a couple days before when people are listening to this, is my third year adoptiversary with Putty. So I just feel like Aww. I have I have to say that uh, Putty Putty has really been a a wonderful creature to have around <laughs> for the past three years, but especially right now. He also uh, definitely is starting to have separation issues again, which will be fun to deal with when this is all over. <laughs> great yep but he just uh is with us all the time and i love him so much and the other thing is that uh the other day i went to the farmer's market for our grocery shopping and i bought flowers and put them on the table and i was like well hot damn flowers are nice so (laughs) i really i really enjoyed that and it really it it brought a brightness to every single day until they died uh yesterday so (laughs) those are my three chasers that one episode of joe firestone's podcast my dog and our adoptiversary and buying flowers for yourself lovely yeah what about you what's your chaser or multiple chasers
1: well i feel like i i use them all on my tv shows so i'll keep this one simple and just say fucking coffee i uh, <laughs> have been a little desperate without my afternoon run to the coffee shop my, my coffee habits are out of control because I usually drink an entire pot of coffee in the morning and then have an afternoon run to Starbucks where I would usually get another venti coffee. Probably not great for my overall <laughs> well-being. Um, so I'm definitely experiencing withdrawal. But I love just like the ritual of making coffee in the morning, even though I'm basically just filling up a pot of water and putting grounds into a, a cone. <laughs> Uh, When you put it like that, you know, but it's like nothing, truly nothing uh, brings me more joy than that first warm, invigorating, stomach churning, diarrhea causing sip of coffee in the morning. And then I've been trying to replace the afternoon run to Starbucks with just making a, a, a just individual cup in the afternoon. But that is the the one kind of regular thing that still feels kind of i still do that every morning despite the state of the world beautiful also just want to say shout out to all the nurses healthcare professionals essential workers all of the people who are are risking their lives every single day going out into the world making people healthy giving people the groceries that they need stocking the shelves dealing with everybody else's shit uh i i'm sure it cannot be easy everybody is fucking heroes uh every every day at 7 p.m everybody in new york has been like going out and clapping Mm -hmm. Uh, at first i would like really wanted to be cynical about it and be like this is so stupid (laughs) <laughs> They're like going and, and, and fighting in hospitals and you're like standing at your window with the tambourine. You're not you're what are you doing? <laughs> but there is something I think kind of beautiful about every like every day. It catches me by surprise every time. Most because I, I don't know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, it's time for me to get dinner. <laughs> um but yeah, it is sort of like there is something beautiful about everybody taking that moment to say thank you to everybody who is literally putting their lives on the line to like keep uh keep shit going. So yeah. shout and I'm out sure, to
0: I'm also I'm sure that there are unhappy hour listeners who are nurses and doctors and, and people like that. So I don't know if you have time to listen <laughs> or anything like that, but if you are, uh, specifically to you listeners, really thank you. <laughs>
1: Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansel Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Oh, Bye-bye. My muffin top is all that whole grain, low, low fat. fat. I know you wanna, Piece of that, da, but, but I'm I just, just here to dance. dance. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I feel like I come to this realization like once a year, and it shocks me every time that garbanzo beans and chickpeas are the same thing. The best part was I tweeted that and then someone responded. It was like, you're going to go crazy when you hear about cilantro and coriander. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Wait, I literally what? went to the grocery store and went crazy looking for coriander <laughs> and I could not find it anywhere. And then I looked that shit up and it fucking coriander and cilantro are the same ass thing. What? I had no idea. I was so it was worth it. To tweet about garbanzo beans solely to learn that.